You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Thursday, November 11th, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how's that first Heineken going down, my friend? Oh, buddy, it's it's just delicious. It's Thursday, <laughs> it's Heineken time, We've got a few more Buckeye games. I mean, life is good. Life is good. We are also joined by contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the 216? Yeah, yeah, what's up, boys? It's good to be back on. The 216 is, uh, it's all good. I love it. It's coming in nice and crisp and clean and clear on his brand new Yeti microphone. Congratulations yeah, on like that purchase. Yeah, shout out to my buddy, uh, Matt Sloan. Yeti, what's up? <laughs> all right, nice. <laughs> all right, Sloaner. So so was, was that a gift from Sloaner? When I got back from Bloomington Z, there was a Yeti in my mailroom from the, the, the Sloaner. Uh, Sloaner. Huge thanks. Huge thanks to Sloaner. Uh, hopefully we can wrangle him sometime to, to, to be a guest on the pod. Yes. But uh he he is here, uh he is here in spirit. Uh, oh, always. <laughs> all right. Well, of course, we're here today to preview number four Ohio State's matchup with number 19 Purdue in the horseshoe this coming Saturday. But before we dive into that, gents, we didn't really have a chance as a group to talk about Ohio State's lackluster. 26-17 win over Nebraska last Saturday. Now, we don't have to dive too much into that. And our listeners kind of already know where I stand on that result. But Paige, I want to start with you. Have you reset your expectations for the Buckeyes after that result? And maybe maybe after what we saw against Penn State? But, but before we do that, are, are we going to like classify this as Juan's asking, or have we reset expectations every single time? Because I think this is this is like the concernometer that uh, seems like it's a staple now in the in the South Stand. So the I expectation think, um, reset. Yeah, we'll have to come up with yeah. a gimmick for that and a graphic. Yeah, I, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> something for for Sloaner. Like I don't know, we can reference. See, you did have like. a graphic for that uh, for the concernometer for sure. Yeah, now we need to now we need to come up with another <laughs> one for uh, for the expectation reset lever. Maybe it's yeah. just a lever you pull. <laughs> <laughs> if you would, if it would have been last Saturday like afternoon, it would have been like like all down to zero. Yeah, totally. That lever would have needed some WD forty <laughs> after that that uh, performance. So PBH, where do you stand on that? Have you pulled the expectation reset lever on this one on the Buckeyes this year? I, I think I did against Penn State. I think Nebraska did nothing to change that. Although right. we'll get into it, I'm I'm actually pretty bullish about this weekend. Um, All right. I, I I think you were right and I was wrong. There's not much to worry about uh, in the game after that. And then maybe a little in the game after that. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But yeah, I think. And when I reset expectations, you know, I was clearly thinking this is the second best team in the country. I don't think based on those two performances, you can you can say that with a straight face at this point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I can't disagree with that though. You know, nobody else, you know, after Georgia, of course, has really stepped up to claim the you know the next best team, right? I mean, Bama really struggled, and Cincinnati looked terrible, and of course, Michigan State 
lost. So I, I guess there is some solace in that. And I said that on the pod on Sunday that the rest of the top five, top six, really scheduled, uh, struggled, pardon me, after Georgia. CP, how about you? Have you readjusted your expectations for this team after what happened last week against Nebraska? I've said this a couple of times uh, throughout the last few weeks, uh, how wacky college, this college football season has been. Mm -hmm. And like, so basically at the end of the day, you know what? Nebraska is a solid football team. And you know what? I'll, I'll sit down and argue with anybody about the fact that they're not. I mean, they've made like, look at look how like their losses against top 10 teams. Yeah. Three, three of them previous to Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a combined score of less than like uh, 25 points, I think. Yeah, might even so, be less you know than what? that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was just, yeah, exactly. I think it's probably more like like 12 or 15. But anyway, you know what? I, I'm, I, I was trying to be like, you know, opposite, like, uh, of my, like I always am, my positivity and like, you know, mm-hmm. thrown out on the text thread you see guys last week. I was a little, a uh, little tough on, uh, CJ Stroud. You were you were ready to bench him for the mullet, I think. Uh, yeah, dude, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, the mullet's going to be here next year. I mean, that he's going to get a battle out in spring. Right. But I'd like to see, you know, like what was going through my head was like, let's see what number five Kyle McCord's got. Hmm. And, uh, you know, took a little criticism from a few uh, from the guys on the thread. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, I had that, like, I had that ship has sailed. <laughs> hey, yeah, dude, I, I think a shell, bro. <laughs> but I, I, what I what I saw, like, dude, he's like, every time he spins, he like, you know, when he's getting pressured, he spins the wrong way. And yes, I know he's young, this and that, and like, you know, I mean, the interception, the, uh, you know, that's going to cost us in a big game. So yeah. he's also a freshman, man. It's also I, dude, I get learning. it. I get so, it. But you know what? Hey, so is McCord. Let's see what he's got. Hmm. We've I'm done that. We've CJ. seen it. There's, there's nothing much more there to see than CJ Stroud, especially on the ninth game of the season. You're yeah. not making that change. Yeah, I agree. Okay. It's, it's, I, okay. I think it's too late All to right. make a change. Certainly Stroud could have played a little better. He made some mistakes. It was the first time I came out of a game since the, the Oregon game where I, I felt like his decision-making you know, uh, it was a little bit questionable. Obviously, he made some poor decisions that were finally, you know, quite frankly, showed his youth. As Paige, right. as you've referenced, he's a he's a redshirt freshman. He's a first year starter. For me, the bigger concern was the inability to run the football or the lack of a commitment to the running game, which I just didn't understand. I said this Agreed. on Sunday's pod. Ohio State came out and ran through the ball on thirteen of its first sixteen plays of the game. And never really so right out of the gates, Ryan Day seemed bound and determined to really just kind of force the issue throwing the football. And I didn't understand why he got away from Travion Henderson, why he didn't seem patient with the running game, because his patience with the running game against Penn State paid off, right? He the, there was not early success, you know, for the first two plus quarters. Uh, Henderson really struggled. He was stonewalled by Penn State, but it did pay dividends to keep at least trying to run the ball later in the game because he sprung a couple of big runs that led to ten Ohio State points uh, late in that game. Guys, let's let's. I just want to like clear the air here. Like I'm not Debbie Downer on C.J. Stroud, but uh, you know, I, I question some of the decision making, and you know that's, that's just going to cost us in a big game. Yeah, that's all I was kind of getting at. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to like, you know. Turn turn the chapter on CJ. I mean, the kid's got a beautiful arm, man. Just to like, I know he's a freshman. Just you know, just frustrating sometimes. So I'll yeah. leave it at that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Day is asking too much of CJ Stroud, or certainly he did last Saturday. There has to be more balance in the play calling. They have to maybe be a little bit more creative. They, the offensive line has to be better. I think you guys would agree with that. Correct me if I'm wrong if, if you don't, but um, they need, they, they're not balanced right now. And that's, I, 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 I don't understand it uh, because it's certainly not for lack of talent and it's not for lack of proven talent. So I, I personally have, you know, adjusted my expectations a little bit looking at the last two performances against Penn State and Nebraska and how the offense just seems kind of stuck in neutral for, again, reasons I can't understand. I thought Ari Wasserman of The Athletic had a really great analogy earlier this week when he said, watching the Ohio State offense has been like watching a Ferrari drive through a school zone, which <laughs> which I think <laughs> is a really good analogy, right? Because you can see the talent there. You can see the playmaking there. And and you know they have had flashes. They have had big plays in each of these last two games. It's just the red zone inefficiencies is just curious, and the inability to run the ball at times is curious. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a Ohio State Georgia title game as if it were a foregone conclusion. But now that kind of talk seems very premature, considering how the the Buckeyes played the last two weeks and what they now have in front of them with three straight games against legit top twenty five opponents. Now. I paid you references earlier. I questioned just how good Michigan State and Michigan actually are, but I think they're legit top 25 opponents. And I think Purdue might actually be the best team left on their regular season schedule. And of course, if they make the Big Ten title game, that's going to be a fourth legit top 25 opponent. So I'm in more of a wait and see mode now, where as a couple of weeks ago, I was like, Ohio State, Georgia title game, foregone conclusion. Right. So I think that's how I've adjusted my expectations. Paige, you got any other thoughts you want to share about where you are with this team right now? Yeah, I, I just think it, it all part of it is the most perplexing is what's going on with, with the offensive line. Yeah, I and and you know maybe they're just juggling guys around, and you know certain guys are playing guard instead of tackle. They're you know rotating dudes in, and yeah. maybe that's a good thing. But you got to pick a five, and you got to you know you got to just let them get lathered up and, and roll with your best five. I agree. Um, whoever that might be. I think if there's anything that's of concern to me, that was it. Mm -hmm. I think I had, I had day it, his play calling sometimes is just head scratching. Um, I mean, like the obvious one, right. When it was what first in goal at the, or first in 35 with two minutes left to go. But why are you, why are you uh, throwing a wide receiver screen to Rossi your fullback like, <laughs> with no lead like, blockers or anything? Right. <laughs> like, why is that even on your sheet? Yeah. Like, <laughs> can we just eliminate that off the sheet? And like, maybe you have too much stuff on there that we need to, to, you know, make this a little bit simpler. Yeah. Um, I think like get an eraser and like, like, put some shit off that little plastic thing that was you hold really one of the funniest yeah. things i just like remember like just trying to understand why that would it, it doesn't work when you try it with garrett wilson why is it going to work with rossi i don't know yeah um but <laughs> i do think the, the good news is is i think everything is fixable right i mean these yeah. the offensive line it's all fixable like if we would have when we were talking about the defense earlier in the year, you're like, ah, that was potentially not fixable. This is all very fixable. They just need to get back to some more balance. Mm -hmm. I get it, right? Like if the team's trying to take something away from you, then you're going to lean, you know, obviously do the opposite, but you still have to kind of do both decently well if you want to, you know, run the table. So 
Um, I, I had a bad feeling about the Nebraska you game. Did. You did. Uh, I just felt like they were better than people were giving them credit for. And they have horrific turnovers that kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, it quite wasn't the turnovers that killed them. There's some special teams play killed them in that game. But I mean, I just felt like coming out of off of Penn state, right. And correct me if I'm wrong. We got waxed by Purdue. That was coming off the Penn state victory where JT Barrett, you know, put on the Superman cape and that was you know, Iowa. Little, actually, that was Iowa. Was that, yeah. was that the Iowa game? Yeah. Yeah. It was the, um, the year after oh. was Purdue. And we, that was, that was where we had all kinds of issues running the ball and defensive issues. And we were, you know, uh, narrowly escaping, uh, you know, disaster. And then finally caught up to us against Purdue. I think, um, I, I had just a bad 11 o'clock in Lincoln, you know, who knows? It could be like 90 degrees, windy, blah, blah, blah. Um, It just, I had, it had upset written all over it to Mm -hmm. me. Um, So yeah, nine points. Wasn't great. Take the win, get out of there. Yeah. Um, And then we move on. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You had bad feelings Z, but I think if you go back to the tape, um, I, I, did. Yeah. I did. The concern meter was high, but the score, the score prediction. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that was that's the, the ultimate hedge, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are all good points. And, and actually looking back on it now, Paige, you're right. Uh, you, you were, it made sense that you would have that bad feeling because uh, you have to wonder too, how seriously Ohio state, the, the players might've taken it. Of course, they're going to say all the right things and everything in the pregame and, you know, the, the interviews leading up to the game, but this is a program you've dominated year in and year out. It's a, it's been a name your score game uh, pretty much every year. And as you say, Nebraska has been uh, very competitive this year, desperate Scott Frost, desperate for a win though. He, he did get an extra year. Uh, Trev Alberts gave him an extra, signed him an extra year. He got the Jim Harbaugh treatment with his contract, right? With a lower buyout and you know, he had to fire half his staff and kind of what Harbaugh was asked to do last like, offseason. Who else are they going to get, man? The guy bleeds like he bleeds Nebraska. He yeah, that's corn chucker. And like you you look at like their games. I mean, like, like they've been in. They've been very the competitive. Games. They just get some real bad breaks, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, also they, they create their own bad breaks too with you know a terrible special teams play and don't we lose with the football football and untimely penalties and stuff and that comes back to coaching but this isn't a nebraska cornhusker podcast so i don't really want to talk too much about scott yeah. Ross contract i probably should have brought it up <laughs> so all right sounds like we well Paige, at least you and i have adjusted our expectations a little bit i'm in more of a wait and see mode but i think we all feel like look i mean the, the problems on offense are correctable because the talent is there and it's proven talent, right? These are these are kids that have won a lot of big games at Ohio State, have been productive in a lot, a lot of, you know, throughout their career and put up big numbers in big games. And, and there's no reason why they can't do it again this season. So we were questioning our play calling prior to the Clemson game. And oh, that's right. Look what happened there. And it just, we lit them up like a Christmas tree. So, you know, I'm not really worried about that. So let's have a look at this Saturday's clash with number 19, Purdue in the horseshoe. This game is a 3.30 p.m. Eastern kick on ABC. The line is Ohio State minus 21. So it opened at 19, and now it's Ohio State minus 21. That's a huge line. The over-under is 62.5. Purdue comes into this game at 6-3, and three, but as you guys know, with two decisive wins over top three opponents, they manhandled number two, Iowa, 24-7 in Iowa City back on October 16th. And just last Saturday in West Lafayette, they ran number three Michigan State off the field, 40-29. to 29. Neither of those games is really in doubt. 
And with those two victories, Purdue as a program now has 17 wins all time over top five opponents as an unranked team, which I think is insane. That's crazy. That leads all of college football. That is crazy. So hey, it's a good thing for us that Purdue's ranked in this game, I guess, right? <laughs> Um, now, Purdue, as we know, has two very dangerous players. We've been hearing their names all season long, one on each side of the ball, starting with receiver David Bell, who leads the Big Ten in receiving yards with 1,003. He's the first receiver in the Big Ten to go over 1,000 yards. He's averaging 125 yards receiving per game. That also leads the Big Ten. And he's second in the conference in receptions with 64. That's right behind Jahan Dotson. And the other player to watch out for is defensive end George Karloftis. He's Purdue's highest rated defender, according to PFF, with a grade of 87.1. Now, Karloftis has, listen to this, 43 total pressures, according to PFF, 43. That's almost as many pressures as Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison have combined. They have 50 combined. That's a crazy stat. It's crazy. So, and if you look at the mock drafts right now, and I know they're not the all, you know, the be all end all mock drafts, but I just, before we jumped on, I did a quick Google search for 2022 mock drafts. And the three that came up, CBS Sports has Karloftis going number one in their mock draft. Pro Football Focus has him going number eight. NBC Sports has him going 10th, number 10 in the 2022 uh, draft. Now, he's he might not be Joey or Nick Bosa caliber, but he's very close. He's very disruptive. And he's the anchor of a pretty good Purdue defense that ranks 26th nationally in total defense and 14th against the pass. Now, that's a key stat right there. 14th against the pass. We know Ohio State likes to chuck it around, maybe a little too much. Purdue's got a pretty good pass defense. <laughs> um, and the other player to watch out for <laughs> is quarterback Aiden O'Connell. He's completing a, a staggering, listen to this, 71.6% of his passes, 71.6. Uh, he's thrown 12 touchdowns to eight interceptions. So, you know, he, he, he is a little prone to throwing interceptions. But man, that dude was dropping some dimes against Michigan State. He had a throw in the corner of the end zone last Saturday that very few quarterbacks can make. And I tell you what, man, Ohio State, they've been much improved defensively, but still pretty vulnerable against the pass. They come into this game 95th nationally in passing yards allowed at 247 yards per game. I, look, I like Cam Brown and Denzel Burke. They're going to get tested big time in this game. I don't know about you guys, the player that really Ransom. worries me. Ransom is one player that really worries me. And the other one is Bryson Shaw on the back end of that defense, right? That those dudes have got to be better than they were last week because Purdue can't run the ball. They're not even going to try. They're terrible. They're Listen to this, 128th out of 130 teams in the FBS in rushing offense. They average 70 wow. yards a game. So look, I mean, O'Connell's going to chuck it. He's going to throw it over 50 times in this game. That's a guarantee. He threw it 54 times against Sparty. So that's the skinny on this Purdue team. I want to turn it over to you guys for concernometer scores. Paige, give me your concernometer score for this game. Two. Two. Explain. I think our concernometer games were Penn State and Nebraska. This game, they're not sneaking up on us. They do one thing. They do one thing well, right? Right. They, the one thing I did look up and you just said it, they cannot run the ball. It's atrocious. So <laughs> if we can't shut down one guy when they can't, they're not even going to try to run the ball. Then, then we can go back to the reset expectations. Like this team has no business even making the playoff. Yeah. I, I probably won't watch it again the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
you know, like Latham Ransom, he got burnt by Nebraska's best ride receiver. Why isn't our best DB covering their best ride receiver? So wherever this guy goes on the field, Cam Brown or um, Burke need to be on him or even Banks, right? I mean, yeah. it's put our or actually I would prefer it just be Burke, right? Take the one thing away that they do and then make the other guys beat us. They're not going to run the ball. So I think they're completely one-dimensional. I think Ohio State got smacked in the face. I think they're going to... Th- figure some things out. I think they're going to win this game. I'm not sure if they'll cover, but I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a nail biter into the fourth quarter. I'm a two. All right. Before I turn it over to you, Chad, just, just to your point about being one dimensional and kind of a one man show on offense, David Bell has 64 receptions for Purdue. The, the receiver, the next receiver behind him, Milton Wright, 36 receptions and Payne Durham, he also has 36. So, I mean, you know, Bell is, I mean, there is a huge gap between Bell and their next receiver, statistically speaking. I mean, they really look for him. He is the, the sun, moon, and stars of that, of that offense for them. Okay, Chad, I want to kick it over to you. Concernometer score, what you got? I mean, what's the lowest that we have on there? Like, what is it, 0. 0.375? <laughs> like, point, well, I'll just like, zero. I'll just I'm, say, yeah, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a zero, Z. Wow. Okay. You're really yeah, I mean, not that concerned at all. I mean, no, not at all. And you know what? Okay. And, and I'll be honest with you, like looking back on play calling, so frustrating. And sometimes we give up the big plays, but you know what? I'm kind of like rolling on with Vegas with us, like uh, that line. It's just 21. It's, it's crazy. I think everybody in the country is going to be betting on Purdue for sure. And that's why I think the line went up, I'll so be that... in Vegas this weekend and I'm going to lay it all on the Buckeyes. <laughs> well, the line went up uh, from 19, open oh, at 19. Oh, it's like 20 and a half now, right? Uh, 21 is what I'm looking at on ESPN. Whoa. Yeah. See, I mean, that's great. Well, so there are people betting on the Buckeyes. Yeah. So it would, hmm. it would appear, yeah. For me, I got it at a seven and, you know, I'm the worry ward of the three of us. But I, I am concerned about this matchup. You know, they always say styles make fights. And what Purdue does well, you know, we're vulnerable, uh, and that's that's in the in the in the pass game or defending the pass. And I worry I worry a little bit about the back end of that defense, especially what happened last week against Nebraska. So I'm going to set it at a seven. Um, I also worry a little bit about you know red zone struggles, and um, you know we were. Nebraska was able to get a little pressure on CJ Stroud last week. He was sacked twice. Yeah. He was pressured quite a lot. This George Karloftis, man, this is a guy that's very disruptive. So setting the concernometer at a seven. And I'm hoping, of course, I'm wrong. I'd be very happy to, think, to be wrong with my I think readout. I said uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I was concerned about the red zone you, um, offense. And you guys uh, made me, especially Uzi, made me feel a little bit comfortable that I didn't have to uh, be worrying about it so much, yeah. but uh, obviously after last week, Jesus. Christ. Yeah. I wasn't ready it's to call good, it a concern though. at the time, but clearly it, it's become a concern. All right. So we but got to th- that point. Like I will, you know, it's like chase young. Um, so if put two guys on the guy, right. Yeah. It, every single play, if it's record or Rossi, I don't know, take him out of the equation. Yeah. You know, like you, you can now, I mean, I, I keep hearing about these two players. Okay. We have 12 players. Right. Shit, we might even have 20 players. <laughs> so you can't outcoach uh, their best player on offense. And by the way, I think I'm still taking Wilson and Olave over Bell every day of the week. Right. And maybe Jackson even- Smith and Jigba, man, I'll the way he's guy, playing. Yeah. Right. I'll take then, number 11. 
So, so do it, you know, like, remember like Chase Young, he was just wreaking havoc in the beginning of his, his, his junior year. And then teams got smart. It's like, look, we're going to double, maybe even triple team the guy, mm-hmm. make somebody else on the defensive line beat you. That guy's legit. There's no doubt about it. Right. But as good as their defense may or may not be, make someone else beat you. So coach it up so yeah. that guy doesn't beat you. Well, and they have the personnel on the offensive line to stop. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I think our tackles should be able to hold up one-on-one with Karloftis. I mean, we've got the talent along the offensive line. They just need to play better. I don't know what's going on, but maybe having – maybe having. Yeah, I mean, maybe having a, a you know a ballyhooed player like Karloftis come into the shoe and challenge them, they'll, they'll rise to the challenge and play like they're capable. I've always been like, you know, like the biggest, like, you know, Ryan Day cheerleader. And I, and I still think he's an excellent coach. And I feel like he doesn't like show his hand with everything. Like I've said for the past couple of years, but I I'm still a little bit puzzled by, you know, we do have the best offensive line in the country. And I, I just, it's puzzling to me. Like what, what is going on sometimes? I mean, like, Jesus, it just, it's, it's very, confusing and it's very disturbing to me at times um hmm. but i feel like it's like he's not showing all of his hand i guess like um maybe that's maybe that's the case you know i mean against uh, northwestern so. in the big 10 title <laughs> game right the, the the it was one of right. I, I called it one of his worst called games of his career and then they just lit clemson on fire you already made reference what? to the cp yeah so i maybe, mean and i like i i think but when when does it come a point like all right i don't want to show like you know, Michigan, my hand, like, cause I feel like he, he feels like they got a little bit better ball club. And they're going to be in Ann Arbor. I don't want to get too far off uh, tilt here, but uh, you know, when does it come a point where like, Hey man, we need to call some different plays. <laughs> I, I think that's you know? one thing that we need to see. He's got to be better. He's got to be more balanced and a little bit more creative. I think that's totally on it. This was just, it wasn't all player execution. Um, I, I thought Dave made some questionable calls and Paige, you made reference to it. The, the uh, the screen out in space to your slow fullback, you know, like what's he, you know, with no lead blockers, what was that? And then, you know, I went berserk when he called the pass play, you know, from the <laughs> Nebraska 34 with a minute 45 to play first and 10. What are you doing? Uh, that, that was reminiscent of that Penn State play, that pass call against Penn State two years ago where Justin Fields got sacked. They were trying to salt away the, the clock. Fields got sacked and fumbled. He fell on it, but he hurt his knee and that injury plagued him the rest of the season and ended up kind of being our undoing because, you know, he lost his mobility, which we really could have used in the Clemson game. But so I agree with you. Day's got to be better. You got another guy up in the box who were paying That's, two million. Right. Like what, what is he seeing up there? Like, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. like it's as simple better. as like, uh, we're talking through these microphones. Hey, hey, Ryan, um, <laughs> wait, there's a guy wide open back there and there's big holes over to the left. <laughs> come right. on. Yeah. I, look, stick with the running game. You know, I, I, like don't abandon it right out of the gates. If you don't have early success, you have to keep Purdue honest. And and look, one way to combat a, a defensive end like Karloftis is to keep him honest by running the football. You can't let him pat, pin his ears back and come after your quarterback if Ohio State, you know, acquiesces and tries to throw 40, 50 times a game, which was what Purdue would love. What about like the defensive penalties, man? Like Jesus. Yeah, that was another thing. Eight penalties after halftime. And then there was a stretch there where they just couldn't get out of their own way with penalties. And maybe, Paige, that goes back to, you know, sleepy 11 a.m. kick, um, you know, an opponent you don't really respect. You know, you, you kind of mailed it. Some of these kids kind of mailed it. Now, to be fair, 
By the way, against Nebraska, we didn't mention this. Garrett Wilson didn't play, and he was my first half MVP. I still think he's their best offensive player. And they had a couple guys along the offensive line that were nicked up. Nicholas Petit Ferrer yeah, missed a couple right. of days of practice last week. Um, uh, Dewan Jones was sick and wasn't supposed yep. to play, and but he both team both guys played, but maybe they were you know not quite a hundred percent. So I guess that's something to factor in too. If everyone's healthy, they're at full strength. They're in the shoe. All right. Well, let's let's move over to score predictions then. Paige, I want to start with you. Give me your score prediction for this game. I'm going 46 to 26. 46, so, 26. Okay. And yeah, I just think, I think they're the, I mean, they're the better team. We all know they're the better team. Yeah. They're, you know, they got some players. We've got five times as many players as they do. And I, I think the, the Nebraska and Penn state games were good games, right? Like sort of reset expectations for us. I think they're reset expectations for that team as well. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, if it were on the road, I might be a little bit more worried, obviously. Um, but I like the, what, three thirty start. It's going to be kind of chilly. It seems like, but I don't, I don't think Purdue's sneaking up on us. We're not having a letdown game. Like you can take all those, you know, gambling, you know, one-on-one things to look for that that's not going to be the case. And I think, I think they're going to, they're going to handle their business. All right, Chad, how about you? Give me your score prediction. 47. Purdue, Purdue, 17, 47, 17. You like the Buckeyes by 30. Yes, I do. Okay. We definitely covered the spread here. So anybody out there in little South stands listening, like if, what if you, like, if you can, like, if your car's worth $2,500, I would bet it on this game. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, So I'm, I'm looking at uh, the all time, series results between Ohio State and Here's where the seven comes in. Ohio State is three and three against Purdue in their last six games. And one of those games they should have lost, right? So they could have easily been two and four. Just as as a point of reference, uh, Purdue is a a bugaboo for Ohio State. For some reason, we just, no matter where we play them, they seem to play us really tough. They are undaunted by a matchup with us. Um, You know, but at the same time, you know, I do wonder now that Purdue doesn't have their cloak of deception, which is being unranked, if that will have any impact. And you have to wonder their offensive strategy, which is going to be to just, you know, throw it 50 plus times, just try and kill Ohio State throwing the ball, you know, against a pretty good Ohio State pass rush and a pretty opportunistic defense that's been really good at forcing turnovers. You have to think the Buckeyes are going to make some plays on that side of the ball. But I don't know what the hell's going on with the offense, and I don't totally trust the back end of the defense against a good Purdue passing game. So I'm calling this one a little tighter than you guys. I, I got Ohio State 36, Purdue 28. I don't think Ohio State has to worry about style points. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't win, try to win convincingly and dominate our opponents. But I think if they get through these next four games, and I'm including the Big Ten title game, they're in. But I think Purdue's the best team left on their regular season schedule. I think they're better than Michigan State. Well, we clearly know that because they kicked Michigan State's ass last week. I think they're better than Michigan. I think they're more dangerous than Michigan. So close one, Ohio State 36, Purdue 28. Then we get ready for Sparty. More dangerous than – did I just hear that right? Yeah. More dangerous than Michigan in Ann Arbor? I, I, yeah, I, I do. I just Wow. Did you hear that, Paige? <laughs> did you? Wow. I, I mean – 
fall up from the ground here. Like, <laughs> I feel like there's like a, like there's lava coming up from somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Michigan. I, I won't go through that diatribe. I, I got to see something from them. And by the way, I want to have a look at their matchup with Penn State. But before we do that, guys, any any other thoughts on this game before we we have a look at Michigan and Penn State? Paige, how about you? No, I, just to say like, hey, we got three fun games left to go, Yeah, right? The season's flying by and I think we get caught up in the minutia and just freaking out about it. But I'm <laughs> excited to watch the game, right? These yeah. are going to be amazingly fun games, uh, you know, a little bit of drama. It's, it's awesome. I'm totally fired up for it. I can't wait. Yeah. These are going to be great tests for Ohio State. We're yes. going to learn a lot about this team. It's going to test their depth. It's going to test their toughness. And they will have earned it. You get through this stretch. I mean, that's the reward. If they can make it through this stretch, it's a gauntlet, man. They would have they they make it through this gauntlet, they will have earned their ticket to the college football playoff. How about you, Chad? Any th- and final thoughts on this game before we have a look no, at Penn State Michigan? Is I'm uh, probably going to rely on you guys for like uh texts, you know, this and that. I actually am going to be at the um Hawaii UNLV game in the new Raiders stadium. Um, it's a new kickoff, which is like three o'clock, obviously. Uh, Why the hell are you going to that game? Well, I'm flying out to Vegas, like in about uh, two hours for the weekend. Yeah. And, but uh, just, Well, he, here's the deal. Like, so um, I, you know what? I don't need an explanation. That's a well, Cougs, uh, I do it. I mean, CP, his, I don't I'm, know, man. We may have to revoke your, your South stands license here for a week, for, buddy. Listen, though, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm looking forward to like being in that new Raiders stadium. And I'm sure we're practicing. I can watch that game probably like and, and play slots at the same time. Well, I was going to so, say, like, you'll probably have the stadium actually, to yourself, my friend. I, UNLV Hawaii, I'm probably not going to draw a huge crowd. Can, can you just, Listen, I, I just want to go into that new, ra- like the Raiders stadium. Like it's like, the, you know, it's a billion dollar stadium. Like I just, Jerry <laughs> go, Jones. Go, go do the tour Sunday night. You don't, I mean, why would you have to be there on Saturday? I'm not going to goddamn tour at the <laughs> fucking stadium. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy that. Vegas, aren't you paid? So I don't yeah, need to I, do a I, tour. I might be there. I won't be at the UNLV game, but I'll, <laughs> dude, we're going, I'm going in for a half. So I'm out. So it's all, all good, dude. I'm all right. To see the stadium. Awesome. But well, enjoy no, that I have CP. No concerns. Okay, so no concerns, no final thoughts on that. All right, let's turn our attention to one other Big Ten game of interest, I think for all of us, especially Michigan visits Penn State. Now, that's the early game. That's a noon Eastern kick. So I'm going to be tuning in for that one before Ohio State squares off with Purdue. Michigan, uh, the line is Michigan minus one and a half. The, the line I saw previously that was Penn State minus one, but now it's moved Michigan minus one and a half. The over-under is 48 and a half. Again, this is in Happy Valley. It's not a whiteout. CP, who do you like? You guys know how I feel about Michigan. And when we play them, I want them to be undefeated. I'm going with Michigan. You, you're going with Michigan just because you want them to win and only have one loss. But when we when we play them, I, I want them. Yes, I want them to like have one loss and like everybody hyped up. Now, if you were to ask me about what I really, truly feel about the game. Yeah, we're more interested like Franklin, in that. OK, yeah. Franklin's getting like he's getting like, I mean, Penn State's been getting bitch slapped. I mean, really, the top, like out of the top twenty-five, I would say they would beat like the uh, from eleven down. They'd beat every one of those teams at least. Like you're talking about in the college football game. playoff rankings. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, why are they not in the top? I agree. 25? Why they should like, be ranked? That's it's, insane. Yeah, 
Especially if Wisconsin's I mean, ranked. Wisconsin's in oh, there with three man. losses and Penn State beat them. I don't hey, understand. I know it's ridiculous. It's yeah. like this committee, I think, is like they 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 have uh like Van Gummy has maybe shipped them a couple of things, <laughs> like because they're like they're out there, man. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Penn State can beat like the top. They're getting Van Gummy packages from the CO. Is that That's what, what I'm saying, man. Like Might Penn be. State could beat like the the bottom half of that tw- top 25 that they are getting punked not being in. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. I have a lot of respect for Penn State. How about you, PBH? Who do you like in this game? Uh, I'm actually completely in agreement with Chad. Like, I do think we really want Michigan to win it because I, you know, we've already taken care of business versus Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought I saw something that that Franklin though is like two and ten against AP top or AP or whatever top ten teams. That's pretty pathetic record. He as much as Harbaugh gets raked over the coals. Yeah, right. Franklin doesn't, but I don't see any way on God's green earth how Michigan wins this game. I think Penn State's good. I don't think Michigan's that great. Yeah. So you know, I I'm gonna be I'm with. Uh, Mr. Plummer on this. I'm going to be rooting for Michigan, but I think Penn State wins it. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think Penn State wins it. I think that defense is real. I think that defense is going to give uh, Michigan all kinds of problems. Um, and, um, you know, all the all the uh, the consternation from the college football rankings this week. Consternation? What with, are 50 center words? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, over, over the fact that Michigan was ranked ahead of Michigan State, though Michigan State had the head-to-head win. And I I tweeted about this from the South Stands Twitter page and I said, you know, relax everyone. I mean, you know, the 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 outrage will be short-lived when Michigan loses at Penn State. And <laughs> and you know, the Michigan State will I be love all your tweets of the South Stands, Zach. I wish I could like actually respond and it could be um Oh, that's you, know, right. you got you know, a Twitter ban. <laughs> yeah, Twitter ban since February. Hey, one more game I want to ask you guys about, and then I'm gonna let you go. Oklahoma at Baylor, number eight, Oklahoma at number 13, Baylor. Oklahoma is a five and a half point favorite in this game, uh, over under 62. Who do you like in this game? PBH? Is is Baylor ranked 13th? Did 13th, yeah. Huh. Who knew? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I don't really candidly have an opinion. I think it'll be a fun game. I mean, do we care? Because um, I, I think if Oklahoma loses, that opens up the we door. We do potential. care. I think we do well, care. We want- because we, we want Oklahoma, like, because they like, they're they're fake. They're fake. They have no defense. Like, you might as well just like put a bunch of Helen Keller's out there. Yeah, like, but you know, does Baylor play defense? I mean, nobody. Baylor plays is defense. my pick. Z. They 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 beat this. They they beat the Sooners this this week. Okay. Yeah. I. I uh, right, Paige. I, I didn't mean to overstep. No, that's all good. I mean, I I I saw it on the schedule. I think it's probably the only other compelling game. I I Oklahoma's got what three tough games to go or. They do yeah. Baylor at Baylor uh, at home against Iowa State, who's no longer ranked, but still kind of a you know a, yeah, a point you have tough. to respect. And then they're on the road at Oklahoma, number ten Oklahoma State. Look, we don't want Oklahoma running that gauntlet because they could very well ju- they're undefeated. So I mean, I think we we definitely are Baylor fans and and sure, Cyclone we, fans we're, and we're Cowboy right, fans. Like nobody in like nobody up to this point has given any respect. Well, I mean, you know what I mean, like, right? But they could get that respect with a win against the committee's number thirteen. Yeah, I mean, they could, but they could get that respect on the road against the committee's number thirteen and on the road against the committee's number ten. Right? They play Oklahoma State in Bedlam at the end of the season. So, look, I, I mean, we Ohio State fans need to be rooting for Oklahoma to lose. Uh, I, I don't think they. You do not want a twelve and zero Oklahoma team with you know finishing the season running that gauntlet undefeated because uh, that that could be. 
that could create complications for Ohio State for sure. It, it, it could only in the sense that Alabama, if everything else went to script, plays Georgia very tight in the SEC championship game. And so then does if a, a Big Ten championship Ohio State get put in at number four versus Alabama, I would actually like to see that happen and see what they would do. But I get your point. Like, yeah. We don't want that stress. No. Well, I mean, if boy, watching, I know you guys, you know, we, we text a little bit about that, but man, Bama looked. Oh boy, they they looked really Dude, really shaky last week. Beat. But, yeah, I mean, they, we we're complaining about Ohio State's uh, inability to run the football. Bama had six yards rushing last week against LSU. I think only just over three hundred yards of total offense in that game, and they should have lost. I mean, LSU had the ball first and ten at the Alabama forty-two, down six with like three or four minutes to play. They they, they had a chance to win it, and uh, you know, it, it as things look now, I think Georgia's going to kill. Alabama. And then maybe then we don't have to worry, right? It doesn't matter what happens with Oklahoma if Alabama's out of the mix. All right, fellas. Hey, thanks a lot for making the time. Let's uh, let's reconvene next week after Ohio State hopefully beats Purdue. Go Bucks, Zach. All right. Thanks for always All right, boys. Have a good night. See ya. Peace out. You've been listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.